0: Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As I mentioned during the announcements today, I'm starting a new sermon series called Easter Effects. And each week we will take a look at an aspect of our lives and see how Easter affects our lives in very real, practical ways. Easter is the thing that changes everything. Easter is the thing that paints a beautiful picture in this often dark world. Easter is the thing that brings color to our lives and brightens them up. So today, the aspect of our lives that we will look at is how Easter affects our doubts. Easter affects our doubts. On this Sunday after Easter, though, I have to tell you once again that he is risen He is risen indeed, hallelujah, Jesus is alive. Even right now, this day, right now, this day, Jesus is alive. He rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and he has sent his Holy Spirit into this world. Jesus is present here with us in this gathering as we come together as the people of God. Jesus is present with us in his word and in his sacraments to give us the grace and the forgiveness of of Jesus. Jesus, right now, he's ruling and he's reigning over heaven and earth, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead and usher in a new and restored paradise, a new kingdom. This is true. Jesus is alive. He is risen. Indeed, hallelujah. I just told you a lot of things about what I believe about Jesus that I want you to know and also believe. But do you actually believe those things that I just said to you? Do you believe all those things? Let me, let me just put them up on the screen. This is what I just said to you. I just said this. Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus has ascended into heaven. He has sent his Holy Spirit into this world. He is present with us in his word and in his sacraments to give us grace and the forgiveness of our sins. And he is ruling and reigning right now, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead and bring about a new kingdom. Do you believe those things? What if you have doubts about these things? What if you have doubts about any of these kind of core essentials of the Christian faith? Is that okay? Let me tell you today that I do believe these things. I do believe that these things are true. However, I do need to tell you that throughout my life, I have not always had as fully developed of an understanding about these things as I could say that I do now. I have needed to, as a human, go through a process of doubting, questioning, exploring, studying, evaluating each of these propositions, and even more, to come to a place where I have this deep understanding that undergirds all that I do about who Jesus is and what that actually means for me, for this world, for all of eternity. Now people, every single one of us, have different kinds of doubts and questions at different stages in our lives. I think that early on in our walk with Jesus, oftentimes our doubts and our questions may be about things like this. Some of the core essentials of Christianity, I think people who are newer in the faith struggle with some of these things. But as we spend more time with Jesus and and come to an understanding of who he is and a trust in him, I don't think that the doubts necessarily go away, but they do shift. And they may end up becoming more doubts about some of the minutia of the scriptures, or maybe even more so about some of the practical applications about how all this stuff that we believe about Jesus aligns with the realities that we experience in our lives and how all of that plays out. Every single one of us, as human people, will have doubts, naturally, me included. But what I want you to hear today is that Easter affects your doubts. Easter affects your doubts. The reality of Jesus' resurrection affects the way that we doubt as Christian people. Because, because the resurrection of Jesus is true, and I will say that boldly, because the resurrection of Jesus is true, other things fall into place as Christian people. The resurrection of Jesus is the foundation for our belief system as Christian people. What I mean by this is we as Christians, when we read the scriptures, And we evaluate what Jesus said and did. We evaluate those things and interpret them through the lens of Jesus who died and rose. We don't read the scriptures just in a vacuum. We read them through the lens of the death and resurrection of Jesus. Because Jesus rose from the dead, all the things he said and did and promised to do are true. Are true. Easter affects our doubts. But as we think about doubting as Christian people, some people might ask, is it okay to doubt? Is it okay to doubt? Is it okay to have questions about the faith? Or 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 do I do I just have to take what you say, Pastor, as fact and I just have to just have to take it in and and, and just have it and, and regurgitate it and that's what it means to be a good Christian people. Am I allowed to ask questions in this place? I think that people in general have a difficult time asking questions in a in a community. And I think it's because in our experiences in this world, when we participate in any given community, communities usually like to squash question asking. If you participate in a community, usually it's sort of, well, you either believe what we believe, and you're, you either take it or leave it, right? So we're kind of forced into not challenging the status quo often. And so oftentimes when people will come to the church, even good Christian people, they'll say to me, Pastor, uh, they'll they'll preface their question. They'll say, Pastor, I don't want to offend you, uh, but can I ask you a question? And and I'll say, well, you can't, you're not going to offend me, right? I'm pretty sure that God can handle our questions. I believe that the Christian church needs to be a place where we can ask the hard questions. Because I'll tell you this, I absolutely love it when people come to me with questions about the faith, and here's why. The absolute worst thing that's going to happen if you have a question about the faith, the worst thing that's going to happen is somebody might learn something. Either I'll learn something from you about where you're coming from, or you might potentially learn something from me as I try to figure out a way to bring the good news of Jesus into your question, right? So is it okay to doubt? Is it okay to have questions? We would say yes. Yes, it's okay. It's okay to have questions and to doubt things. However, let me say this. I do need to say this. If if you are going to doubt aspects of Christianity, if you're going to come at this and doubt the the claims of Jesus or who he is or or the effects that has, you need to be just as willing to doubt the other things that you hold as true. So if you're going to doubt Jesus, you have to be just as willing to doubt the opposite of Jesus, whatever that might be. And I believe that Jesus can handle your doubts, and he will come to you just as you have need, just when that time might be. Now getting into the scriptures today in John chapter 20, In our gospel lesson from John, you get to meet one of my favorite biblical characters. He's a guy who gets a bad rap in the Christian church, and we call him Doubting Thomas. We call him Doubting Thomas, right? Well, I want to introduce you to this guy who is often called Doubting Thomas. That's a name that we like to give to him as Christians reading the scriptures. His real name was not Doubting Thomas. That wasn't what his mom called him, right? His mom called him Thomas. Thomas is a Hebrew name that means twin, and so oftentimes he is often referred to also as Didymus, which is the Greek word that means twin. So sometimes you'll hear him referred to as Thomas Didymus, the one who is called the twin. Thomas is a disciple of Jesus, called as a disciple of Jesus, and let me tell you, I really, really like Thomas. Here's why I I get Thomas. (laughs) I understand Thomas. And I think if you're honest with yourselves, you're probably going to find yourselves relating with this Thomas guy as well. But before we get to this whole experience of him doubting Jesus' resurrection in John 20, let me tell you a little bit more about Thomas, because this isn't the only time we hear from Thomas in in John 20. We first hear from Thomas in John chapter 11. Let me just tell you this quick story In John chapter 11, Jesus and his disciples had been in the city of Jerusalem and Jesus had been making some bold claims in the temple to the Jews saying that he and the father were one, basically that he is God. The Jews didn't like that idea and so they picked up stones and they were going to kill Jesus right then and there. But it says that Jesus and his disciples were able to slip away. So they went away out of the region A couple of days later, they get word that their friend Lazarus, remember this story, that their friend Lazarus had died, and Jesus wanted to go back and check on Lazarus, but the rest of the disciples say, no, no, Jesus, what are you thinking? We can't go back there. They were just trying to kill you. You don't want to die. We don't want to die. Let's just, you know, let's just stay away, right? Thomas, though, Thomas speaks up, and in John chapter 11, verse 16, Thomas says this, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas is the one who at this point says, let's go back with Jesus to see Lazarus. I am ready and I am willing to die with him if that's what it takes. That doesn't sound like a doubt. That sounds like a bold declaration of faith in Jesus Christ, right? Right? So that's one experience of Thomas. There are some others as well, but let's jump ahead to John chapter 20. We read it all together, but let me just paint the story for you again. Some of you have heard this, but it's good good to hear it again. Let me tell you the story. On uh, on that, that night that Jesus rose from the dead, he rose in the morning. That evening, the disciples were locked in the upper room, where, probably where they had been for that, uh, that, that Maundy Thursday night, that, that last supper. And Jesus somehow miraculously appears to them in his glorified body. He shows up. They're locked in the room because they're afraid of the Jews. And before the disciples can say anything to Jesus, Jesus goes right to the disciples. and what word does he speak to them? He says, peace be with you. Before the disciples can say anything or do anything in response, Jesus says, hey, look, look at the scars in my my hands and look at where they pierced me in my side. It's me. I was dead, now I'm alive. But something is missing in this first picture. Somebody wasn't there. You know who wasn't there? Thomas. All the other disciples there, Thomas wasn't there. Different commentators have reasoned different guesses as to why Thomas wasn't there. We don't know for certain. I like to think perhaps that Thomas was out, I don't know, buying groceries for the rest of them. I don't, he's not afraid. He's ready to die with Jesus, right? So he's, he's out buying supplies for the rest. I don't know. We don't know where Thomas was, right? But you can imagine and relate to Thomas because as he comes back to the disciples, the disciples say, we saw him. Jesus is alive. We saw him. He, he talked to us. We saw his hands. We, we touched him. And Thomas says, Yeah, right, guys. Right? Ha ha. Very funny. April fools. Right? <laughs> they say, No! Seriously! We saw him. And Thomas responds with these words, which, which is a pretty strong word. He says, Well, unless I see his hands and the mark of the nails, place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Now, that is a bold statement, right? He, he's not going to believe unless he gets to see that same kind of proof that the other disciples had. Well, eight days later, Jesus delivers to him precisely, word for word, the exact same things that this doubter was asking for. Because they're back in that same room a week later, essentially today, one week from Easter, Jesus does the same thing. He shows up in this room somehow miraculously in his glorified body, and he appears to the disciples, but he goes right to Thomas. And he says to Thomas, before Thomas can say anything, he says to him, peace be with you. Before Thomas can respond or do anything, Jesus says, look, Thomas, put your hands here in my side. Put your finger in my side. Do not disbelieve. That means don't have unbelief, but instead believe. But instead believe. And Thomas responds with his bold cry of faith, My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. And Jesus responds to him here with these words. He says, Have you believed, Thomas, because you have seen me? Well, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And it's this statement of Jesus where people will oftentimes, I think, uh, see Jesus as somehow like chastising Thomas, scolding him, scoffing at him, saying, oh, silly Thomas, come on, this is what you needed? You needed proof? Well, it's going to be so much better. Those, those who can believe in me without seeing are such a better, stronger Christian than you are because you demanded this. I, I think that's how we oftentimes read it. But I would not say so much that Jesus is scolding him. Jesus is actually delivering to him grace and mercy and and forgiveness. Forgiveness. In his unbelief, Jesus gives him forgiveness to bring him to a place of belief. And then he's also, I think what he's doing is reminding Thomas that what he's doing for him is a gift. The fact that he is there showing to Thomas the reality of his risen body is a gift because there will come a time when many people, including you and me, are asked to believe in Jesus without that same kind of empirical, right-in-front-of-our-face evidence, right? It's a gift for Thomas, and so Thomas should be emboldened by the faith, by this opportunity. What we see in this whole story of Thomas, what we see in this whole story is that in, in our times of doubt, In our times of doubt, Jesus doesn't let us doubt alone. When we doubt, we do not doubt alone. Easter affects our doubts because of the reality of the resurrection means that Jesus is here with us. Because Jesus is risen Lord and Savior, he is the one who has overcome all of the things that affect us and afflict us in this life. So, even in your doubt, Jesus is with you. Even as you question him, he is with you. Even as you struggle to grasp who he is, he speaks to you just like he did to the disciples. Peace be with you. When Jesus showed up and spoke to the disciples, what was that first word? Peace be with you. What a comforting word that Jesus brings to us when we are struggling to grasp who he is, and his peace is not of this world. Even in your doubt, Jesus brings peace to you. Even in your doubt, Jesus is with you. Even in your doubt, the forgiveness of your sins is still yours. Forgiveness of sins is still yours. Your doubt cannot erase what Jesus has done for you. Your doubt can't erase what Jesus has done for you. If if you doubt, if anything, in your doubting, if you are honest, I believe that your doubts will probably actually lead you closer to understanding what it is that Jesus has done for you. Because that's where Jesus leads us, is into his truth. I don't know what you're doubting today as we gather together in God's house. I don't know... Maybe it is those core essentials that I put up on the screen. Maybe you're you're new to the Christian faith. Maybe you are wrestling with whether this Christianity thing is real. Maybe you're struggling with some of those core essentials. It's okay to question those things and to go through a process of evaluating and asking the hard questions. And if you have those questions, I'd love to grab a coffee or, or a lunch with you and we'll talk about it. Please, please invite me. I'll even buy you lunch, okay? Let's go do that. If you have those questions, if you have those questions, it's okay to ask. But if you have been growing in the faith and you've spent more time with Jesus, you may also have doubts. You may also have doubts, but probably if you're more mature in the faith, the doubts you're struggling with are are how does this faith, how do these core essentials align with all of the difficulties and struggles that I face in this world? When you doubt when you doubt when you have doubts i would encourage you to lay once again the resurrection of jesus as the foundation on which your faith is built the foundation on which your faith is built lay the resurrection of jesus there now you might be saying can i question and doubt the resurrection of jesus Well, this is the whole thing on which Christianity hinges. So go ahead and explore it. Go ahead and explore the resurrection of Jesus. But I'll just tell you, they haven't found the bones of Jesus and every point of evidence points to the fact that he did rise. So as Christians, and I will boldly declare to you as pastor, Jesus rose from the dead. And because Jesus rose from the dead, everything he ever said or did or promised to do is true. Let me say that again. Because Jesus rose from the dead, everything he said or did, or promise to do, is true. So from this reality of who Jesus is, we can trust him, and then we can ask our questions. And today, maybe some of the questions you're asking are things like this. Lord, if you love me, if you're real, why do I have this disease? Why, Lord? And that's a very real question that many of us face. If that if you are real Lord why am i facing this disease? And i will be honest with you you may not get an easy answer to that question today or maybe ever. But i will tell you Easter affects your disease because the reality of Jesus resurrection says that he has power over disease. And you may say well what about today? And Jesus will say what about eternity? Because if we allow Jesus to be the God of eternity in the grand scheme of things, he absolutely has power over your disease, and that power is yours even today. And so may hope and peace be yours as you go through this struggle. Your question may be something to the effect of, Jesus, if you are real, why am I struggling to find purpose and meaning and value in this life? I just don't know what I'm supposed to be doing next in life. Well, Easter affects your purpose Easter affects your purpose because it means that the God who created you absolutely loves you. He is is with you. He has redeemed you. He has bought you back. And he's promised you eternity. So if God can create you, he can utilize you in this day. Even if it's in the small, seemingly insignificant things that the world tells you are just small mundane, ordinary things. God can absolutely create purpose and value for you even in those things. Easter affects your purpose. Easter affects us in those things and so many others, and this is what we will continue to explore over the next coming weeks. But today, Easter affects our doubts. It affects our doubts. It affects our doubts. The reality of the resurrection affects our doubts. It did for Thomas. When Thomas saw that risen Savior Jesus, he boldly confessed, my Lord and my God. When you hear of the resurrection of Jesus, what will you say? What will you say? Thomas, from this point on, he he didn't continue to remain this this doubter. His, His record continues in the book of Acts. He is still listed among the disciples at that moment of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes upon them and fills them with the Spirit and commands them to go into the world. Thomas is one of these disciples, and and from that point, emboldened by the Spirit, he is sent into this world. We actually have ancient historical writings that indicate that this Thomas, called Didymus, ended up in the country of which is now modern-day India. Christianity has existed in India for a long, 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 long time. And the ancient records from India indicate that this guy called Thomas, also Didymus, brought this good news of Jesus to these people. I tell you that because your doubt is not your end. Throughout your journey with Jesus, your doubts and your questions will take different shapes and different sizes. But once again, I pray that if you're going to challenge Christianity, that you are also willing to challenge the other things that you think may be true. And then as you get to know Jesus, lay the resurrection of Jesus as the foundation, knowing that he is risen, he is ruling, he's coming again to make all things new, and from there, ask him your questions. But to conclude today, I tell you once again on this Easter Sunday, Jesus is alive. He is alive, he rose from the dead, he's ruling and he's reigning, he has your life in his hands, he loves you, he is present here where his people are gathered, where his word of forgiveness is proclaimed, where his sacraments are given. He comes to us in very real touch and feel kind of ways, in the body and bread, in the water of baptism, in the embrace of a fellow believer in Jesus Christ. He is here and he is coming again, he will make all things new. This is true for us. Easter affects us. It affects our doubts. Easter affects our entire lives. Go in the peace and the grace of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in his name. Amen. Amen.